We have a ton of Buffalo Bills news and nuggets with the NFL rule changes. The Bills signed a couple players, and of course, the team started OTAs. There's a lot to break down today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Lockdown Bills. want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, we have so much to cover here on the podcast today. There's been three different rule changes across the NFL that have implications for the Buffalo Bills, a couple of them pretty significant. Uh, we have OTAs that kicked off, voluntary OTAs, and so there's some nuggets from that in addition to Sean McDermott and Josh Allen having some interesting comments Von Miller gave us a, a little bit of a tease as to when he might return. Uh, like I said, the Bills signed a couple of players. There is just a lot to get into here today on the podcast, so let's get started. And I want to focus on these new rules that were recently passed and talk about how they impact the Buffalo Bills. I want to start with the kickoff rule. And so the new rule is that all fair catches on kickoffs and touchbacks result in the ball going to the 25-yard line. This is a big deal because the Bills have been a team that avoids touchbacks and forces teams to field the football, usually between the five-yard line and the goal line, and then they try to tackle them inside the 25 because they don't want to just give you the 25-yard line due to a touchback. Now, a lot of teams do just take the touchback, don't want to have to deal with covering the kick, and they are happy to start their drive from the 25-yard line. The Bills very much lean into the idea and the, and the opportunity to pin teams inside the 25-yard line. And this rule now makes that very difficult because now teams can just fair catch the football at the 5 or the 3 or the 1-yard line and then get the ball up to 25. And you've seen special teams kind of under attack for a while here by the NFL in terms of trying to make the game safer. And maybe they'll ultimately get to what you saw from the XFL this spring as to what the 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 kickoffs could look like in the future. But for right now, this presents a challenge for the Bills and how they like to play. And obviously, the Bills emphasize special teams, and this is a rule that de-emphasizes special teams. I mean, the Bills are paying players to run down the field and cover kicks. And I think this is a very abrupt rule change that there should have been a whole lot more time allowed to let this play out and implement so that you don't have teams like the Bills that are sitting there paying guys like Tyler Medikevich and Saran Neal to go cover these kicks because they want to lean into that strategy. Now, here's what I would do, and here's what I hope the Bills do. I would lean into kick return. It would be important for me. It'd be important for me to have a dynamic kick returner, and I would try to return as many kicks as possible. 
even if you have to field the ball in your own end zone. Take it out. Because if this rule forces teams to de-emphasize covering kicks and it becomes not important to them, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you cover kicks. I'm going to make you tackle my kick returner. And so I would have an even greater emphasis on my kick return game, making sure that our schemes are good, and making sure that I had really dynamic returners to really challenge you in a way that maybe you're not prepared to challenge, to be challenged because of this rule change. You don't want to cover kicks? Okay, well, I'm going to make you cover kicks. And I think having the likes of Naheem Hines and Deontay Hardy as your kick returners allows you to do that. And so maybe the Bills won't be able to take advantage as much of their opportunities to tackle a team, tackle a returner inside the 25 and force them to start their drive. Not at the 25, but inside of that. I would be very interested in really developing my kick return unit and challenging teams to tackle me. So that's what I would do. That's what I hope the Bills would do. And having Naheem Hines and Deontay Hardy already in the mix gives them a couple of very potent kick returners to stress opponents like that. There's also a new rule on Thursday night football where games can be flexed into Thursday night football, and I think this is going to have a big impact on the Bills. So let's talk about the rule and you know all the different dynamics of it and then really get practical with how this could impact the Bills starting in 2023. So games now can be flexed into Thursday night football. This only applies to weeks 13 through 17. No other week is this applicable. Only two games per year can be flexed, so the NFL will have to be pretty choosy with doing that. It does require a 28-day notice if a game is going to be flexed. And then, of course, no team can exceed seven primetime games. And I don't like this, but I will say this, that the Bills did not vote against it. This passed 24 to 8. The teams that voted against it, the Giants, Jets, Packers, Bears, Raiders, Lions, Bengals, and Steelers. Every other team said, you know what, we like this, we want to pass it. I think there are so many tweaks that are necessary to Thursday night football. And this flies in the face of this getting better. I know that Amazon has played a lot of money to have Thursday night football and they want to have great games, but I think this is just not great for the players. I like Thursday night football. I do. I like the idea of it, but if I were the commissioner, I would approach Thursday night football like this. You have to be coming off of a bye to be eligible to play on Thursday Night Football, and you can do it. You can figure out how to do that. I think what it basically means is that you have Thursday Night Football in week one, then you won't be able to have it for the next three weeks, but then have all the Thursday Night Football in the world that you want, but you're only eligible to play Thursday Night Football coming off the bye, and then just give every team two bye weeks so that you can make this work. I think Everybody would say yes to that, but for some reason, we're not doing that, and we're leaning into making this even more difficult for the teams, the fans, the players. 
So let's look at the Thursday night football schedule that exists currently in week 13 through 17, where games can be flexed. And then let's look at what the Bills are doing. And I think you're going to see pretty clearly that I would predict the Bills are going to get flexed into Thursday night football at some point this year. It won't happen in week 13. That's Seahawks versus Cowboys, and the Bills are on a bye. So that won't happen. Week 14, how about this? The Patriots and Steelers are scheduled to play on Thursday night football. Who do the Bills play in week 14? The Chiefs at the Chiefs. You think that that wouldn't be a prime game to move in over Patriots and Steelers? Patriots probably going to be the last place team in the AFC East. Steelers are going to be the third or fourth best team in the AFC North. You think Amazon wouldn't love to have Bills and Chiefs? Week 15, you have the Chargers against the Raiders. The Bills are hosting the Cowboys that week. Bills, Cowboys, Thursday night football, tell me that's not a possibility. Week 16, you have the Saints and the Rams. Rams might be one of the worst teams in the league this coming year. The Bills are playing at the Chargers. Now, I think the Bills might be safe there because that's the Saturday game that's on Peacock and all that, so the Bills are probably safe there. And then Week 17, Jets versus Browns. And the Bills are hosting the Patriots. Will they pull Aaron Rodgers out of Thursday Night Football? I don't know. It just really probably depends on how the season's going for the Jets and the Browns. But if Bills-Patriots has implications, I mean, that's that's in play. But I think between Bills-Chiefs and Bills-Cowboys would not surprise me in the least to see the Bills flexed into Thursday Night Football this year. And so I shared my thoughts on all of that. I would just prepare yourself for that to happen. And how challenging that I was, I was in the subtext texting with somebody and they were talking about how they would love to go to the bills and chiefs game, but they're like, Hey, do you think there's a chance it's flexed into Thursday night football? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And how do you, I mean, that's just a, a nightmare. You're going to travel to Kansas city. You have no idea when the game's going to be. You got to buy the ticket now. I'm not into this stuff. Not into this at all. Now, there is a rule that I am into. Here it is. There's a new rule on the third quarterback roster spot. So the NFL passed a bylaw that allows a third quarterback to be active without burning a roster spot. I like this a ton. I like this a ton. Matt Barkley is going to be active every week. And you know that, okay, your starter goes down, your backup comes in, he goes down. You got another guy you can put in there, and it doesn't force teams to roster three quarterbacks for that to happen. And obviously, we saw this play out in the NFC Championship game with the San Francisco 49ers. It's too hard. The the rosters are already too small, and rostering a third quarterback is just too difficult. But if you can pull up your practice squad quarterback every week and it not count against your, your active roster, I think that's great for the league. And it gives quarterbacks more opportunity to develop, and there's just more opportunity there. That's a good thing for the players. It's good for the league. There's no downside here. And I remember this past draft, I didn't think there were that many draftable quarterbacks. I thought thought after the first five, six, you really just had late day three caliber prospects, but 14 quarterbacks were drafted in this 2023 draft, the most since 2016. And like I said, some really marginable, 
really marginal prospects. Like who, I mean, who is that quarterback? Um, Sean Clifford's getting drafted. Are you kidding me? What? And so part of me was thinking, this has got to be because of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy as that seventh round pick. What was he? Mr. Irrelevant coming in and being, a, a, you know, what he did with San Francisco last year. Teams are just trying to find that next thing, right? The next lightning in the bottle. And maybe that's true, but also surely there was some foresight here in, in realizing that this rule was going to pass and that you're, you're going to need that third quarterback on your practice squad. And, you know, teams are taking flyers on these guys that really aren't draftable. But anyways, Matt Barkley is going to be active every week. I think that's a good thing. And I think the, of the, of the three rules that were passed, that's the one that I can get behind. All right, folks, we have a ton more to get to here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the attendance. Stefan Diggs wasn't there. Some key comments from Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and of course, Von Miller. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's so much you can get in on right now. You, of course, you have the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. MLB season is in full swing. And of course, I love to get in on the NFL futures, especially those win totals, the over-under on how many games the team's going to win. I've, I've, uh, I've tried a few of those myself. So check them out. There is no better place to get in on all this action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk about the attendance from voluntary OTAs. And this information comes courtesy of Sal Capaccio on Twitter. He tweeted out, Bills players I did not see at all today at OTAs. Wide receiver Stefan Diggs, linebacker Matt Milano, offensive lineman Greg Manns, running back Latavius Murray, players that were present but not participating in full, defensive end Von Miller, safety, Jordan Poyer, safety, DeMar Hamlin, center, Mitch Morrison, defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips. We know that Miller, Poyer, Hamlin, and Phillips are all working back from injury. Not exactly sure what Mitch Morse is going through that would limit his participation. But obviously, the big story here is who's not there at all, and that's Diggs, Milano, Greg Manns, and Latavius Murray. And I fully understand that OTAs are voluntary. And Diggs didn't go to OTAs last year. And he, you know, of course, went to the mandatory stuff. He was a team captain and had a great season. But I'll say this. I wish he was there. I'll, I'll come out and say it. I, I will come out and say it. I know that there's a lot of this is a, a nothing burger and, and none of this matters. It's voluntary. We shouldn't make a big deal about this. And I think that's true. But I, I can also say, hey, I wish that these guys were all there. I wish Stefan Diggs was there. A leader for this football team, the way that the season ended, right? some drama there. Get there and get there with your guys and start building this thing for next year. So is there a lot of harm here? No. Is it something that we need to get all up in a tizzy over? No. But I'm willing to come out and tell you that I wish he was there. And I wish we didn't have to talk about or even acknowledge that he wasn't there, especially with how the season ended and his attitude and you know everything that played out from there I know that all the teammates defended him Von Miller did Josh Allen did all that I, I get it 
I get it. But if you want to get better at football, you want to come together as a team, be there when those opportunities present themselves. Let's move on to Sean McDermott's comments, some of the most interesting things that he said. Uh, one thing that I've picked up from listening to Sean all offseason is that he's got a lot of energy and excitement for taking over play-calling duties for the defense. He actually said in his presser on Tuesday that you miss coaching. And you can tell that he's enjoying being in those meeting rooms as the you know the the defensive coordinator for this team. You just you can just tell there's a, there's an excitement about it for him. He also talked about Dorian Williams, the Bills' third round pick. He said he's starting out at linebacker at Mike linebacker inside linebacker. After Brandon Bean came out and said he was going to start out as an outside linebacker. Behind Matt Milano, Sean McDermott tells us that he's that middle linebacker, and folks, that makes me happy. It makes me a lot more willing to accept the draft pick, that the Bills didn't draft a reserve linebacker behind Matt Milano with no path to being on the field. At least if he's competing for the Mike linebacker job, there's a path to him getting on the field and helping this football team. Now, he's got a lot to learn, and he's got to mature and, and all that stuff, right? But I found found it quite interesting that Sean McDermott came out and said that he's at Mike Linebacker, and that's where the Bills have a need, so good. Sean McDermott came out and said that Josh Allen has a new sense of focus and determination coming into this season. We'll talk about what Josh Allen said about that in just a moment, but The follow-up there for Sean McDermott was, how does he take a step? And Sean McDermott highlighted decision-making and protecting himself better, right? We all are aware of the turnovers that happened last year. Some of that was decision-making by Josh Allen. And then, of course, our never-ending concern for Josh Allen's health, durability, and uh, never having to miss any time. (laughs) And that's uh, a head of mind for Sean McDermott as well. Sean McDermott also had a lot of uh, positive remarks for Tredavious White and the work that he's putting in this offseason. He said nothing ever surprises him with Tredavious White, but he sees him working at another level this offseason after missing all the time due to injury. He said he doesn't take for granted his work ethic and that he's had a tremendous offseason. Folks, that's one thing we can't forget about is Tredavious White becoming and returning to Tredavious White status again be huge for this defense, especially with Tremaine Edmonds gone and the questions that we have at linebacker. Tredavious White's a Pro Bowl caliber corner that can take away the football and be a, you know, a elite player for this defense. And if that happens, that's going to be great. And I love to hear Sean McDermott praising the effort and mindset that he has right now attacking his preparation for the season. I want to focus next in on Josh Allen's comments and some of the the most interesting things that he said, in my opinion. Um, He came out and said that he had a role in the Bills drafting Dalton Kincaid. And um, he studied him and, you know, I guess communicated that he he would like to have Dalton Kincaid. When he was asked what he specifically liked about Kincaid, it was his fluidity as a route runner, movement skills, hands, instincts, catch radius, and newness to football. And so, you know, it's nice to know that Josh has input, right? And um, it sounds like the Bills are listening to him. You know, there's been a couple of things, whether it was Ken Dorsey 
getting the OC job or, you know, now having a role here in influencing the Dalton Kincaid selection. That's cool to, that's cool to hear. When he was asked about Stefan Diggs not being there, uh, Josh took that opportunity to really praise Trent Shurfield and that, you know, said, look, Trent Shurfield's getting all the Diggs reps and um, talked about his work ethic and demeanor and, and habits. And, you know, that's kind of been the the thing with Trent Shurfield throughout his career is just a lot of, a lot of love for the type of dude he is and, you know, type of leader and, you know, type of worker he is. And so, you know, I'm excited for Trent Shurfield. I think he's going to get some run in this offense. I don't think it'll be a high volume target, but I think he's going to be on the field a fair amount using his blocking, using his versatility. And the guy that's probably going to go out there and, and earn it and, and perform at a level that's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Josh Allen, of course, was asked about, you know, his new sense of focus and determination and what all that means and what the motivation behind that is. And some of the things Josh said in response to that was, you know, understanding the window that they have to win and giving the team everything that he has. He said he's constantly trying to find new ways to improve and not be complacent. He mentioned that they were a top three, four offense in the league last year, but it wasn't good enough and reiterated how badly he wants to bring a Super Bowl to Buffalo and that he doesn't want anything to get in the way of him being the best quarterback that he can for the team. When asked for some specific growth areas, Josh said communication to playmakers, making sure they understand where I want them and that we are on the same page and talked about two-way comp communication. So, you know, receiving the same type of feedback from the weapons. He said film study for sure knowing the playbook even better, working on his relationship with Ken Dorsey to be better aligned and more in Ken Dorsey's head to be an extension of him on the field. And a lot of those comments really align with what he shared in his most recent appearance on Kyle Brandt's basement, where he said he's never been more focused on football than he is right now. And that's encouraging, right? That's encouraging. Because I'll tell you what, there's a really weird feeling around the perception of the Buffalo Bills right now. Last year at this time, it was the Bills are Super Bowl favorites, and every question to Sean McDermott and Josh Allen was about managing those expectations and and all that type of stuff. Now it feels like the Bills are flying under the radar a little bit. And I know they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but they went 13-3. and They lost three regular season games by a combined eight points. But all anyone remembers is getting bounced by Cincinnati in the divisional round. The goals are the same for this team. The expectations are the same, and everything is achievable. We just spent the last two days talking about the roster and if it's better. And we got to the conclusion that it is. So what's different? What's different? They got bounced by the Bengals in the playoffs? It happens. But nothing about last year has anything to do with what this team can do this year. Get excited about the Buffalo Bills, folks. They're going to be a really good football team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Nothing's changed. Von Miller talked about that a little bit, too, and I appreciated that. You know, that it's nothing's changed. The goals are the same. Von Miller also talked about when he'd be back. And he said he won't predict when he'll be back, but he says he understands the team needs him from the stretch run and that they missed him in the playoffs last year. He said whether it's 
Week one or week six, he doesn't know, but he said, I guarantee it won't be later than that. All right, so guarantee we got a guarantee here from Von Miller that he'll be back no later than week six, which was my original prediction. It's after the London trip, the game against Jacksonville. The Bills are back home hosting the Giants on Sunday night football. Great time for Von Miller to come back. The Bills will probably be a little tired coming back from London. He can energize the team. He'll be going up against Evan Neal at right tackle, who was a disaster last year for the Giants. Maybe you can dust that guy for a couple sacks and and invigorate this football team. But um, we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know that it'll be sooner than week six. You can convince me that it's, you know, that that's an aggressive prediction, but I think he starts the year on the pup, misses four weeks. They don't want to deal with the Jacksonville, you know, trip with him and have him ready to go for the Giants in week six. I think that's a very reasonable timetable for us to expect with Von Miller. All right, folks, we got uh, a couple players the Bills signed coming up here after a very, very quick break. All right, the Bills signed a couple of players. I want to talk about that here in just a moment, but first I do want to extend an invitation to you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community, something new that we are offering. There's going to be a link in the show notes for today. So if you're on YouTube or whatever podcasting medium, click on the show notes. You'll see a link there to join. And here's what you get. So it's a, a subtext community. You get one-on-one text messaging conversations with me. And that's been so awesome. A lot of people, you know, we're going back and forth talking about the team, talking about favorite players, uh, different scenarios, all that type of stuff. I love talking Bills football. And so this is just another opportunity for us to do that and connect more. Uh, you'll have priority for the herd mentality uh, questions that you submit. We'll have some exclusive content. We're going to have some very regular Bills musings, texts, and I'll dump some random thoughts and send them out. Uh, my first reaction to all the major Bills news, so when the Bills signed Dean Marlowe and Joe Wilson, I sent out a text to all the subscribers, and we're going to do some giveaways. And uh, speaking of giveaways, as I've shared with you, on Thursday, uh, May 25th, we're going to have a drawing, and I'm going to give away a couple of copies of my book, Go Bills. It'll be personalized, and I'll mail it to your door. Um, and so anyone that has joined or joins before May 25th, will be entered into this drawing uh, to win a copy of the book. So again, check out the show notes. We're going to go live on YouTube Thursday, the 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so we're going to do the giveaway drawing. And then, of course, I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit, maybe answer some questions. Uh, nothing super formal, relaxed, have a good time talking Bills football. And uh, that'll be fun again Thursday, the 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Lockdown Bills YouTube channel. So check out the subtext community, and I hope you'll join. All right, let's get to these players the Bills signed, um, Dean Marlowe and Joel Wilson. The roster is now at 90 players, and so any players that the Bills add at this point, there will need to be a corresponding move. So if they sign a player, they're going to have to release a player. Let's talk about Dean Marlowe. Everybody knows Dean Marlowe. He's been around for a while. He's back with the Bills again on a one-year deal. He turns 31 in July, and he has a ton of experience with this coaching staff dating back to Carolina his time with the Bills, and then, of course, he left in 2021 to go to Detroit, started 2022 in Atlanta, and then the Bills traded for him and brought him back. And after DeMar Hamlin went down in Week 17, Dean Marlowe was a starter. He started Week 18, the win against New England. He started the playoff win over Miami, had a big interception in that game, and then, of course, the playoff loss to Cincinnati. And to me, this is uh, just insurance, right? You've got three safeties here in Micah Hyde. DeMar Hamlin and Jordan Poyer that are all returning 
back from injury. And so it's a nice hedge against any one of those players not being available. And I understand with those three players, plus Taylor Rapp, plus Jared Maiden, plus Zane Anderson, plus Cam Lewis, who's learning safety, that there's a lot to sort out here in terms of safety depth. And that could be challenging, but it's a good problem to have, especially when your top three guys, Poyer, Hyde, and Hamlin, are all working back from injuries, you know, and significant injuries, you know, really when you look at all three of them. So nice insurance policy, Dean Marlowe, is always nice to have around. Not sure he makes the active roster, but um, there's he's a good player to have around for sure. The other player the Bills added was tight end Joel Wilson, an undrafted free agent out of Central Michigan, six foot three and five eighths, so almost six foot four, two hundred forty two pounds. Was a two year starter for the Central Michigan Chippewas. Was fairly productive. Had twelve receiving touchdowns over his last twenty games over 800 yards this past season. He was second on the team in receptions and yards per game, led the team in receiving touchdowns, and he actually had a season-ending injury, if I'm not mistaken, after after nine games. So he was productive when he was around. Uh, is, I think it was an ankle injury that, that kept him out of those last couple games. A guy that played a high school quarterback and linebacker, so another one of those positional conversion guys. The Bills seemed to like them. He switched to tight end uh, when he got to Central Michigan. He was a walk-on, earned a scholarship after walking on, and then wound up being a, a productive two-year starter for them. And I think the Bills needed a body at tight end. They they Before signing Joel Wilson, who I, I'm not sure he's going to make the roster or really provide a whole lot of competition, You know, the Bills had four tight ends for three roster spots. He had Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris, and Zach Davidson all four of them competing for three spots. Now you have five for three. I think that's a more healthy number, especially as you're trying to get through the, the preseason and you know all, all the, the reps you don't want having to go to guys that are pretty sure locks to make your roster. So just like we talked about with the UDFA running backs that the Bills have recently added, I think the same logic applies to the tight end position because you're going to want to have a, a nice Rolodex of players um, for your practice squad. And you know maybe there's some developmental appeal here um, so a very logical couple of players here to add um, as the Bills kick off these OTAs and Dean Marlowe and Joel Wilson. All right, folks, we covered a lot of ground today. I thought we would get a chance to do herd mentality today. That's obviously not going to happen. That's my plan for tomorrow, unless we get a, another big batch of of uh, herd mentality, uh, or excuse me, uh, Bills news and nuggets and that type of stuff. So we'll keep things fluid here, but we'll get to herd mentality at some point uh, before the end of the week. Check out the subtext community. Hope that you'll join me Thursday night, the 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the YouTube channel for the giveaway. And then just a little bit of a hangout there for half an hour or so. So come on by for that. All right, folks, that's it for today. As always, I kindly ask that you rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.